And welcome to a new edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I am Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff, and in the studio today we've got a very special guest, uh, one of my favorite people to talk to in the area. That's not just saying that because she's sitting six feet away from me, but <laughs> she really is. Uh, Goshen College women's basketball coach Stephanie Miller is with us today. Stephanie, how are you this uh, Monday, Tuesday afternoon? <laughs> I'm great. Great, Austin. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I know you're, nurse, you're nursing a horse voice um, yeah. from coaching this past weekend. Your season <laughs> just started, and uh, we'll get into that a little bit, but uh, obviously just wanted to hit on something uh, not Goshen College related before we start this uh, really going into the your, your career and everything, but uh, you can't not talk about what happened Saturday night in South Bend. Notre Dame, number four Notre Dame beats then number one Clemson 47-40 to in double overtime. Uh, probably the greatest game I've ever been to. I mean, I don't think that's really saying much just given how <laughs> incredible that game was. Uh, there were so many emotional swings. You're sitting in the press box, you're like, wow, like Notre Dame scores 30 seconds into the game and it's like, holy cow, like they're going to, like they're here and then Clemson comes back and then Notre Dame is like there and then Clemson and then Notre Dame is like, you didn't know who was going to win at all. It, it was unbelievable uh just an unbelievable game and Notre Dame gets their signature win I mean they haven't gotten a big win really uh since 2005 when they beat number three Michigan which I'm sure Stephanie as a Michigan State grad you do you do enjoy that uh, when I'm you see Michigan sad. lose no, that, that, was a, that was a happy day <laughs> yeah uh and and they and they hadn't beat a number one team since 1993 not to date anybody in the room, but I wasn't even born yet when that happened. So uh, I apologize to Stephanie and our producer, Sheila Selman, for dating them. Uh, hey, hey. Uh, making, not dating them, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Um, anyway, so, uh, and obviously the big, kind of the big, one of the big stories maybe coming from the end of the game was the fans rushed the field. Uh, now, they did say they tested every student before they allowed them to the game. And I know you and I were talking about this kind of before the games or before we started recording here, Stephanie, just like, you know, it's harder for those students to not want to do that. Obviously, you win a huge game and it's been a crazy year, crazy yeah, semester, especially at Notre Dame. They've had a lot of issues. Uh, and, uh, you know, I guess what was your kind of take when you kind of saw all that happen and, and, and things like that? Well, first of all, what a tremendous game. Right. I was able to watch the game as well um, from a hotel room. We were on the road playing, but uh, coaching staff was interested. And a uh, great signature win, as you said, for Notre Dame, no doubt. Right. Um, and, then, you know, it was unfortunate that it was a little bit overshadowed by some of that at the end because it's it's hard. You know, I'm coaching, and I'm aware of the student struggle aspect of everything going on. Mm-hmm. They're just they, they're looking for some normalcy, something <laughs> in their lives that feels – um, you know, like what college should be like, you know, right. the experience is, is so different for them and it's just, it's very hard. Mm-hmm. So I felt, you know, I understood that it was a very important, um, problem that, that Notre Dame had to address. I mean, that could really endanger the athletes and that's a scary right. thing right. Uh, with everything going on. But in all honesty, it's just really hard for those mm-hmm. students to not uh, right. experience a win like that and do something that, that was normal. So I see both sides of it, but right. I am concerned for those athletes, to be honest. <laughs> right. Well, you know, fortunately, like athletes are tested three times a week at Notre Dame and yeah. you know, all their athletes are tested just to make sure that no one is playing out there who has COVID. And Notre Dame went through their own outbreak with the, on the football team in early September and they had a game canceled and things like that. So, you know, they, they do test. They tested everyone Sunday. Uh, they re- released results from the prior week on Monday, this past Monday. So you, you can't really tell if, you know, they only had two positive tests last week. That was before the field rushing so you're going to really find out if anyone really tests positive, you would think they would announce it sometime later this week if they do their testing on Sunday, I believe, and they do testing on Tuesday. So I think they'll, we, might, we might know if anything really came of that. But 
like I said, they did test students before they came in, and they tested positive. They couldn't go to the game, you know. And and if you saw like the the kids that ran on the field, I would say ninety five percent of them were wearing their masks, like ninety five, ninety six percent, somewhere around there, uh, you know. So it, it was weird, you know. It was kind of <laughs> weird to like see that, right? Like all these people wearing masks, and it's gonna be photos that are like the you know the timestamp of this era of the world, right? Yeah, Where it's no like ten thousand students all on the field wearing face masks because you know. And, and then you think about the players, of course, because they're not wearing masks. So, like, you know, if, if anyone did test negative but still has it, potentially, right? Because it, it can be there and it can still test negative. You know, you get concerned. But uh, I, I don't think anything will be too bad coming from it. I hope, at least. I mean, if it does, that, that would really stink. Um, and just, you know, for me, I think if I was a student, I probably would have would have rushed as well. Because it's, it's a huge win. I mean... Speaking from, you know, as a recent college graduate, not to, again, make anyone feel old in the room, but, like, you know, I graduated three years ago, and when I was at Missouri, we had some big wins that led to field rushings, and, you know, how could you not do that? It's, the, it's one of the coolest things, like, you can do, like, rushing the field, rushing the court, you know, if you get a big win in basketball, like, you know, I, for me, like, I would have probably done it, you know, because your instincts just kick in, like, wow, we just beat the number one team in the country, like, we have to, like, would celebrate, like, how we should normally celebrate, you know? But the hard part is thinking about the moment versus the repercussion. Right. <laughs> because in the moment, you know, you're caught up in that. But how are those students and that fan base going to feel mm-hmm. if for some reason it, it interferes with the potential ranking right. and, and the future of their kids? You know, it's right. it's impossible for those kids to really be thinking about that in the moment. Mm-hmm. But if something were to come of it, it'd be really a yeah. disappointment for yeah. what's happening in their program right now. Yeah, It's going to be interesting. You know, it's all going to come down to those testing results. And I know Notre Dame has like basically said every student has to get tested before they leave for the semester because they're going their school semester is done uh before Thanksgiving, they're yeah. done. And I think Goshen, are you guys doing yeah. something similar to that? I think yep. a lot of schools have been doing that. You know, get started two weeks early, so we sacrifice the two weeks after Thanksgiving break, basically, to get everything in. But then you get a two months off, basically. You're not coming back till after MLK days, basically, when you come back. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're going to make everyone get tested before they leave campus to make sure they're not traveling, you know, being positive. And uh, I think, you know, it's all going to really just depend on those results. So, uh, you know, it's interesting, but hey, Notre Dame won. <laughs> <It's their> first, <laughs> they did get first, a big win. First big win in forever. Um, so, and, you know, first really big win of my lifetime. So, uh, it, it hasn't really hit me yet that I was there, if that makes sense. Like, because it was such a great game. And I, I even watched the highlights, like, yesterday. for the, And I was like, wow, like, I was at that. Like, that's, for me, like, just me personally speaking, like, you know, growing up, this is like, games I've always thought about covering and wanted to cover and being a young sports journalist it's like man you want to be at those games and I was actually at one of those games and it was like still doesn't hit me yet like it's like wow maybe it'll hit me eventually I don't know one of the biggest games in Notre Dame history yeah I mean especially if it plays out into them being in the in the the, the top four players right right so well that was a crazy game um and you know (laughs) amazing win for Notre Dame uh, let's kind of shift a little bit to the to some of the local stuff, and I, I, this is where I kind of want to get your opinion on some of these things. Um, so, obviously, uh, you guys have had issues, not necessarily with your team, but COVID has obviously affected your scheduling. Um, numerous games being moved around. Um, probably not the easiest. Uh, probably not getting much sleep in that sense, I'm sure. Um, but locally with the high schools, too, uh, last week you saw a slew of games get moved around, especially from our coverage area. Uh, the big one was Wawasee getting five of their games uh, postponed, 
they already rescheduled their one conference game, but the first four non-conference games all wiped out. Uh, Fairfield lost a game on Saturday because Jimtown had a COVID issue. Concord lost a game on Saturday because South Bend Adams had a COVID issue. Northwood lost their first two games of the season already before the week even began because they had their own COVID issue. Um, I'm just curious. So, like, from your perspective, you know, you obviously are, you know, your coach, but you, you have to recruit and recruiting players like that. And trying to, like, I guess, <laughs> recruit in this COVID era, like, how does that affect – I don't know how, how many trips you're able to make right now just because of rules – um, what is kind of been recruiting like, I guess, trying to balance like, okay, I want to go to this game, but it may be postponed, so maybe I have this as a backup game, I guess. Like, what is that perspective for you? Well, first of all, yeah, the, the impact has, has been uh, very deep for, mm-hmm. for athletes, families trying to watch their kids. Um, right. Recruiting, obviously, is impacted. Um, uh, the, the tough thing is when you're thinking about what's going on in the world right now, how do you choose uh, between – people and, and student athletes uh, like physical well-being versus their mental well-being mm-hmm. like that is a, just an awful choice to make mm-hmm. um, you know sports uh, really fill fill kids up fill people up people uh, you know you're a sports writer right. you've been around sports all your life the way that game impacted you even personally right people who are from the athletic world it's just such a big part of who they are so it's hard to consider you know what happened back in March like reshutting things down but the impact of the changes, and, and the constant, um, you know, concern for testing and, and is, is, is a positive going to lead to quarantine for all these other kids? Mm-hmm. Those are constant weekly things that we're battling. Um, to go back to your question specifically mm-hmm. about recruiting, mm-hmm. um, in the summer, you know, all the protocol changed. We couldn't have kids on campus. We couldn't right. have, we couldn't do those things. We did a lot of virtual stuff and all of a sudden <laughs> I've put together things I never even dreamed that I would be doing, you know, in, in terms of virtual communication with parents and kids. Um, We were lucky enough to be able to actually have our elite camps in August because there was kind of a down roll at that point right Mm -hmm. before we started. So there was a window there where I brought a lot of people on campus. So I was lucky enough to have that and that helped build my board. Um, Right now, most of our recruits are still playing. Knock on wood. I don't (laughs) want to do anything to... Most of them are still playing. Uh, So right now, what we have is exactly what you described. Here's our board. Here's where our kids are. This is plan A, and right now there is always a plan B. And to be honest, 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 Austin, there is probably a plan C because um, we just don't know uh, exactly what's going to happen. And mm-hmm. some of it is not just due to the kids that we are trying to, to watch. It's due to our own schedule. Our right. own schedule is nuts. And as I mentioned to you, you, know, you said you've had, we've had problems with COVID, but you know, uh, the community has. Our, our Elkhart County is mm-hmm. really struggling. Goshen College had a wave that really went through in October that affected right. us. We had a lot of kids in quarantine ourselves uh, during that time. So those disruptions have also caused a lot of issues mm-hmm. just from an athlete standpoint because you're training. Right. And then you have a return to play protocol for safety, for mm-hmm. heart issues, you know, to make sure kids are safe. Right. So, boy, <laughs> one, you know, one thing turns into a long process. Uh-huh. You lose five or six games and the next thing you know everybody's just shuffling and yeah that's what it's been like so this week you know we have a whole new slate of games this weekend because of a tournament that was canceled last week right you're supposed to be playing at grace mm-hmm. and then 
well, Grace can't play because they have their own COVID issue. So, <laughs> yep. well, Trine comes in now. They're playing. You're playing them Friday night at home. And with the caveat though that they mentioned to me, we have testing this week, so there's a possibility right. <laughs> that they might not be coming out. And, and how do you, do you guys test once a week? Like, what is your testing protocol? So I guess Goshen. Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, this was driven initially by the NAI protocol. So the protocol right. in the NAI plus in the Crossroads League, which is the league we compete right. in. Um, is that we had to do gateway testing initially. To be able to have any athlete compete, you had to go through the testing protocol to make sure you were a negative test. Mm -hmm. Um, Back then, in August and September, that was the only protocol initially because they were still trying to learn how to navigate this. (laughs) Right. Now... Uh, we've gone through more rounds of testing for coaches, kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're really targeting areas of concern, like um, sports like ours mm-hmm. uh, is a concern. So we're we're being tested a little bit more, you know, than other right. kids on campus. Um, and the big thing is, like you mentioned about the Notre Dame uh, fan base, they're trying to test right now before the break so that we're not sending students home to families, right. you know, from college mm-hmm. having this you know, these asymptomatic kids that are going home to mm-hmm. families in other communities. So yeah. that's what we're doing right now I, as well. I, I'm sure you can't wait to stop having a, a nasal swab stuck up your nose every, <laughs> every week, I'm sure. I've had it all. I've had the blood test, the nasal swab, <laughs> you name it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I got tested once for it. When I started showing some minor symptoms back in July, and I was like, man, this is annoying. Like, it's a quick process. It's a quick test, but it's still like, man, I like I look forward to the day where we don't have to do this. You know what I mean? So I think we're all really waiting for that. Yeah. yeah I actually had it. I don't know if you know about that. Did you really? Yeah. I, my team had a number of players that, really? that got it during that wave. Um, in, in early October or mid-October? Yeah. Early yep. mid-October. No, yeah, Tony I'm, Miller on right. He actually put the press release out an hour before the podcast, which was nice. Usually mm-hmm. these People like that put it out after the podcast, and we don't have anything to... It's like breaking news always happens after we get done recording. It was good that Tony broke the news before yeah. he came on. That was really... I really appreciate that of him. I just want to let them, that the record state that, so... Yeah, he's, he's good like that. He'll get that information out. He's a real data guy. Um, but it was, it was the 7th of October when yes. that was kind of breaking for mm-hmm. us, and... Mm-hmm. Uh, a few days later, I started to have some symptoms, and I had a number mm-hmm. of players that were affected. I felt very much, you know, the Tom Izzo right. uh, just tested positive. Right. Right? So I'm sitting there listening to him in, in on his news uh, report, and that's exactly how I felt. I just like I, I I feel exactly like he described, which was, you know, we've been diligent in our protocol. We're wearing masks. Right. We're standing 20 feet away from the kids and not in huddles. Right. Uh, our kids you know, are washing balls with like wipes in between <laughs> right. and washing their hands. And it just feels like we're going through all these extra protocols. So I look around and think, I cannot think of like, I must have touched something. It must have been something right. that was just part of my daily living where, you know, you, you do something you that- You don't even realize. No, that. I mean, and, right. and, and I'm not close enough to the kids. I mean, I understand with the kids, they're in each other's bubble. They're right. playing. But for the coaches, we're intentionally like not in that bubble. So <laughs> right. I, I couldn't tell you how I got it, but uh, it was definitely a, a tough series of symptoms that I wouldn't want anybody to have. Oh, I'll tell you that much. Uh, good you're healthy now. So yes. That's good. It's good. Happy to, to know. be here right now. <laughs> yeah. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about, about you, Stephanie. I, sure. I wrote, I went, I went down the bio blast of, uh, on Goshen, goleafs.net, a uh, great website. Um, Gross Isle, Michigan. That's where you're from. Grozeal. Grozeal. Yep. Oh, I, I, Grozeal, Michigan. Grozeal, Michigan, about 40 minutes south of Detroit. I looked yep. it up on the map, mostly because I couldn't tell if it was an I-L-E or two L's and an E when it was written <laughs> out. I'm common like, problem. is that really Lil? Like, I don't know. Grozeal, <laughs> Michigan. Uh, 
You born and raised there, stayed there, grew, went to high school there, everything? I was actually born in Flint. So Flint. I was born in Michigan okay. and then raised in Grosio. Okay. Um, and I went to school, yeah, my, all my elementary, you know, middle yeah. school, high school days, my yeah. sports days were all in Crozeal. <laughs> and then you went to Michigan State. I did. You graduated from Michigan State. What, what did you major in? What was this? Education. Education. Yeah, well, I actually that... took off uh, from Crozeal intending to coach and teach. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I left there um, looking for, you know, you know how it is, you're, you're pretty young, <laughs> looking for opportunity. And it uh-huh. took me to... Uh, Montrose High School, right. um, which is in the Flint area. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I spent 13 seasons mm-hmm. uh, coaching and teaching right. high school kids uh, at Montrose High School. Hill, Hill McCloy? Hill McCloy, Hill yep. McCloy High School in Montrose, Michigan. Yep. 655 winning percentage, yes, according to yes. Uh Again, <laughs> great website. So you coached there. Your last season there was 2010-11, and we were kind of talking about this before the podcast. Our producer, Sheila, she kind of jumped in. She Her journalism instincts kicked in. Um, that was your last season. You started at Goshen College in 2011-12, and she she asked you how you got to Goshen College. So I'm going to ask you as well how you got to Goshen College and take me through that process so you can answer the question for both of us. Sure. I mean, you know, the funny thing is I did not even know where Goshen was on the map. You well, know? I didn't know where it was either I no when I got idea. this job, to be to be quite honest. so <laughs> When I looked it up, it took me to Goshen, New York first, like when I was trying to figure out where is Goshen, but... Uh, the funny part of this is I actually work, and you saw this probably on my bio, mm-hmm. I've worked for a basketball camp called uh, McCracken Basketball right. Camps for years since mm-hmm. I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew and, and spent time with a guy named Gary Chupp. So Gary Chupp Beth, is yeah. now currently the athletic director over at Bethany Christian. Yep. But he at that time was working at Goshen. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had worked at you know Bethel, Kansas, came over here, was mm-hmm. running the men's program. Yep. And you could have, you could, I could almost anticipate the time of year for about a five-year stint where Gary was going to call me while I was up working at Montrose, <laughs> and he would say, "Stephanie, what are you up to? What are you doing?" I'm like, "Gary, same thing. You know, we're, I'm teaching up coaching." He's like, "You want to come down here? You want to be my assistant coach for my men's team?" He's like, "You're the only lady I know that would be able to handle these boys better than I could." So I'd laugh and say, "You know, it's funny. You know, I'm not going to come be your, your assistant coach, but I appreciate. I definitely appreciate the shout out from Gary. It would be an annual thing. He probably called me for about four or five years and would try to, you know, get me to come down to Goshen and, and coach with him and assist him with the men's team. So the last time he called me." I picked up the phone and I actually was joking. Gary, I said first, Gary, I'm not coming to Goshen. <laughs> and he said, uh, Steph, listen, I got a, I got a different pitch for you. Uh, the women's team is, is turned over. They're looking for a women's coach. Would you be interested in coaching at the college level? Mm-hmm. And I had, of course, explored a few things. Uh, you know, coaching high school was great. I really enjoyed it. There were so many pluses about being right. in that environment the high school of fans and just that whole frenzy is great. Right. Um, but, you know, as you know, time as time passes, with digital age kids, it's harder to have as many kids that are really invested in wanting mm-hmm. to play sports, like mm-hmm. just all across the board. Mm-hmm. So it was really pulling teeth just to mm-hmm. try to get kids all invested. And I'm sure at, at a college level, they're already invested because that's for what they're sure. there, right? So that was probably- the change. I thought, you know what? One thing I want to be able to do, I build a program high school. I want to be able to go out and find my own players that are invested in the way that I am, have mm-hmm. the same passion that right. I do. And I had a real desire to want to do that. And Gary called me that day. So there's a job opening down here. I said, where in the heck is Goshen, Indiana? <laughs> and he helped me get down here. And that's the, that's the story. That's how I ended up here. That's pretty awesome. And, uh, you know, first couple seasons, obviously new coach, you're going to take some time to kind of build the program up, but, uh, 14, 15, you go 18 and 13. It's the first winning season in a decade, more than a decade in pro- for the program. Um, 
you know, after that season, it's kind of funny to like think about it. So you guys are obviously like you're ascending a little bit. You make it to the conference tournament first time in a while. You guys have been in the conference tournament, and even going into the 15-16 season, you guys were preseason seventh out of ten teams in the Crossroads League. So I guess my question is, uh, obviously this becomes a special season, but when you saw that like before the season, uh, did you know how good your team could be and like? Or was there a moment during the season where you're like, okay, maybe we're better than, you know, what people think we're going yeah. to be, I guess. I'm going to tell you the funny thing is I should I should say to you on air right now, of course we knew. <laughs> of course we knew. We were the only ones that knew. Our locker room knew. You know what? <laughs> we knew that year that we had a good shot at making the national tournament. That's what we knew. Mm-hmm. I remember the day... Uh, the first day of practice that year, I pulled all the girls. We didn't go out on the floor. I pulled them into a room. Our first day of practice was 20 minutes. And I pulled them into a room, and I had a slideshow for them. And it was, here is where Sioux City, Iowa is. Mm-hmm. Here is what the uh, the Tyson Event Center looks like. These mm-hmm. are things you've never seen before. These are our goals. And I had it all set up there, and they just sat there wide-eyed. I'm like, <laughs> wow, this is really cool. I even had, this is the mileage from Goshen to Sioux City, Indiana, or to Sioux City, Iowa. Uh-huh. So I had this whole pitch, and I said, this is how many games it's going to take us to get there in the conference. Mm-hmm. This is how many, this is what's going to happen. And here's the date that we're going to find out that we've made the national tournament. Mm-hmm. And they just sat there, and they were just in awe of that. <laughs> I sent them home. I said, tomorrow's when we begin on the court, but you get your heads right, because this year we're making it. So, yes, I can tell you we thought we could make it. I had a strong suspicion that we were going to be good. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, if I told you I thought we were going to be fourth in the country <laughs> and make it to the Final Four, I don't think anybody can really predict that mm-hmm. when you're coming from a building situation. Right. Um, when we got there, I got to tell you that first game was the, was, was the turning point. Mm-hmm. Uh, being able to hit a shot at the buzzer to mm-hmm. win a national tournament game. Mm-hmm. Um, an exceptionally exciting experience, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there was a slew, like uh, coming down the stretch in January through February, mm-hmm. to answer your question, we just started clicking. Yeah. It, it was like right place, right time. We actually mm-hmm. had a four-game losing streak that people forget about like, in <laughs> December, January. Yeah. And after that, it was just the right chemistry, the mm-hmm. right combination, the confidence built right at the right time. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I just had really tremendous depth on that team with mm-hmm. some amazing players. Right. And Virginia interject just briefly in yep. case people forgot, because it, it was a couple years ago, yep. but I think people should remember this if they're from the area. Uh, obviously, that season was magical for you guys. You went finished 27-9, you make the tournament. Not only do you make the tournament, but you win three games to get to the Fab Four. I, I, my brain will always want to say Final Four, but the Fab Four. <laughs> it's it's Fab officially Four, yeah. called the Fab Four of yep. NAIA Division Two um, at the Tyson Center. Uh, Tyson in, Event Center. Tyson yep. Event Center. She's always going to remember that. You know, you can't forget that. And uh, Sioux City, Iowa. And, uh, you know, obviously, like, you know, you're relatively still new at coaching college. Your fifth season here, I believe. That was yep. fifth season. And a uh, second season of, like, being pretty, you know, good, like winning, you know, first couple of years were a little rough, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, for you just, you know, cause, and the way that tournament set up, it's not like the NCAA tournament where they play oh, you know, no, one game yeah. and then you get a day off and then you have to play your first three games were all, I think there were three straight days. I correct me if I'm wrong. So we got lucky. We drew the Wednesday game and right. because of that, we didn't have to play Thursday. Well, so nice. the two, the two games or the first so, round is divided between those mm-hmm. days. So, so you we played, played Wednesday once, and then Friday, off, Saturday, Saturday and Sunday. Right. So uh, you know, you, you don't have like, you know, a week in between the second and the third <laughs> round. Like you are playing right through. Uh, for you, like, I, 
you know, obviously the success you'll always remember making to the Final Four, and like you know, that's pretty amazing. And and even a team from your conference won the won the national title that you're married, but you guys fell to Southern Oregon in the uh, semifinal. Yeah. Uh, but I guess when you think back to that whole Just week, to throw this in there, though, we beat Marion on their last home game before the tournament. So, so we were if, hoping if gotten, to match up with them because they were a little scared of us. <laughs> if you had gotten through, uh, that Southern Oregon team, just looking at their record, though, I mean, 33-1 and, were, were going yeah. in. Yeah, pretty amazing stuff. Um, I guess this is a long time way to get to the question here. Uh, we, but it's cool. I like having this. What do you, when you look back at that week, and you know you mentioned the game winning shot to win the first game, what are your what are your distinct memories from that? Because like that's a you know once in a lifetime for this program so far the once in a lifetime experience. What are you going to remember maybe most? Well, what sticks out from that entire week? There are so many things, so I'm <laughs> going to pick two because I could tell you how I felt in about a 20-page dissertation. <laughs> well, we do have a I mean, know. You know, you got a meeting at 1. Yeah, it's 1235 right now. <laughs> what I will tell you is the two things that really stand out the most for me. One was just, it was almost like um, we were in a bubble, uh, that we were just sort of separated from everything going on. Uh, I've never experienced a team being that focused Mm-hmm. Uh, that locked in where it was just about where are we where are we going to eat what are we doing next what's our next film session for a new team like ours there could have been so many distractions and they could have been so scared or they could have been so like distracted by the outside the media and everything that was going on I'm not kidding we'd come into the locker room after a game first game second game it kept building and it would almost have to be like you would have to separate yourself from your phone because it was blowing up with texts and, and, and messages and Facebook stuff. And it was overwhelming. It was almost like, wow, I've got to, like you said, we don't have time. I have 24 hours and we're going to be playing in the Elite Eight. So, like, mm-hmm. I can't answer all these texts and these emails. <laughs> so, we literally, like, separated ourselves from a lot of that. And it was just a strange feeling. We were in a bubble. They were so focused and the staff was incredibly focused. I remember that uh, because it just feels so, like, Almost like there wasn't an outside world mm-hmm. during that time period. I had no idea what was going on in the outside <laughs> world. It was just us. The second thing I'll never forget is um, there was a lot of attention that I paid and a lot of the staff and I talked about this. Um, just simply watching your kids experience something like that mm-hmm. was way more exciting than I was actually experiencing it myself. Uh-huh. It took me weeks before I started to experience it and like really like step into it and think, wow, we did that Mm -hmm. because I just kept, um, paying close attention to just, these were kids that had been, um, they were, they were just embattled. I mean, they were smashed when they were younger. Uh, we had a lot of growing to do and they've Mm -hmm. been through the trenches and this group in particular had every opportunity to bail. Some of these kids could have transferred when we were three and 27. Some of these kids could have said it's not working. Um, that, that class, those two classes, not a single kid left. So during the tough times, every kid stuck stuck through. So mm-hmm. watching them like experience something yeah. like that is is what I'll truly not forget. Just even simple things like the way they would honestly and earnestly like react, mm-hmm. uh, just the the tears and the excitement and uh, yeah. and also the professionalism. I was very very <laughs> proud of them and the way they handled themselves. It was a very special group of kids and parents that we went through that experience yeah. with. I'm pretty sure we had reporters out there asking you all the dumb questions to distract you anyway. So, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so let's kind of be shift to this year. Um, you guys have been eight and 22 the last couple seasons. It's yep. kind of 
similar to kind of what you went through before the, yeah. the final four, you know, the, the winning in the final four team, um, you know, had a couple tough games this past weekend. You were in them. You're in both. You only lost by seven, I think, in both games. Uh, I wrote the scores down. Yeah, eight and, and seven in both games. Uh, where do you feel like this team is right now? I know you got a couple really nice players, and, and you're hoping that they, you know, maybe are like that group that can replicate what, what 15 and 16 were. I'll start by saying I love this team. Yeah, I love this team, and I think um, you know I hate to do comparisons because you can't. There's they're, they're different, um, but since you toss that in my arena as a comparison, <laughs> yes, it does have a feeling mm-hmm. like there is a young core here that's ready to step through and be different. Um, unfortunately, we've been running into some weird distractions, you know, with well, COVID, COVID and yes. all these things. So it's 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 much more complicated to get kind of in a rhythm right now right so with us being in quarantine then coming out and having to deal with those things maybe we're not as in shape as we wanted to be that we you know because the time off mm-hmm. um i think the first game this weekend was a typical first game we right. could have won it we could have lost it we looked a little <laughs> crazy we did some great things but the ball flies all over and you just as a coach right. just pull your hair out yeah. every first game first girls game i was at on thursday night i had like 50 turnovers. Yeah, it was they, crazy. They only recorded 35, but mm-hmm. I think there was 50. You're pretty like, we sure. Missed, we missed a pretty lot. Pretty sure it was wrong. <laughs> we missed a lot, yeah. Yeah, and we made a lot of mistakes. Uh, we were playing a team that had a few games under their belt, and I, I think uh, – you know, I, w- I think we should have been a little bit more mature in handling ourselves because we're a little older this year, mm-hmm. but to be honest, first games are so unpredictable. The second game, though, I don't know if you know about Shawnee State. Um, not, not Shawnee 100%. State has – so Shawnee State was a top 10 Division One team last year, the, the, the NAI Division One, and we've merged now, so it's it's all one. Um, they're still ranked top 10 now. Is that still for the, is that just this year, the merging? or The merging just happened this year. Like it's all just one There division. is no division anymore, like huh. between one and two. That's not so, just a COVID thing, that's just nope, a normal thing? that is a we're normal just doing, thing. We're just all NAI. Correct, we're all NAI. So huh. for us little schools like Goshen, we're going to run into some buzzsaws like Shawnee. Thoughts and, and prayers. Uh, we put... <laughs> You know, we we bulked up our schedule a little bit this year on purpose because I think we can really right. compete. Mm-hmm. So it may not show in our non-conference. In the last couple of years, we've done well in the non-conference, but we've struggled a little bit in the conference just trying to break through. Right. Um, and now I think it's going to be the opposite because we played <laughs> Shawnee State and we play some – even trying this weekend is really good. Um, they were they were fighting for conference champions themselves in a very tough MIAA with Hope College, who's very good. Mm-hmm. Um so we've bulked it up a little bit, and I think right now it's going to challenge us a little bit to have to get better and, and get prepared for this league's schedule. But I do feel a little bit of just different. They're just different in their preparation, in their focus. Mm-hmm. Um, these are some really great kids to coach, um, and I think that their excitement towards working towards their goals is starting to bubble over a little here. They're disappointed that we didn't get a win this weekend, but the way we play – so Shawnee State, to go back to them – uh, they they run the they run people. I mean, they, they scored a hundred plus points in two of their first three games. Wow. Uh, they've been averaging ninety plus points. Uh, last year, the lowest anybody held them to was sixty five on mm-hmm. the year, and I think that was Westmont, California, who was ranked number one in the D one. <laughs> right. And we went out and held them to sixty one. It's not bad. And we couldn't score back enough, and they <laughs> made us make some mistakes, but we were highly competitive this that in that mm-hmm. game. So I feel. I feel like that's going to translate for us into some confidence, okay. and, I, and I think I think we'll do pretty well this year if we can just get past our own confidence <laughs> issues. And uh, maybe who are, who are some maybe individual players to keep an eye on? I know Cochran is a really good player for you. Yeah, uh, there's two kids that have been named. Uh, the last couple of years they've been sort of talked about. Yeah. You know better than anyone, you've got to win games <laughs> to really have your kids right. celebrated. Uh-huh. But I've got two legitimate all-conference kids in uh, – uh, Grayson Cockerham and mm-hmm. Tanise Chapman. Yes. So Chapman was actually aboard the all-conference honorable mention last mm-hmm. year. 
and then Cockerham the year before. Mm -hmm. Um, Both of them are exceptional players that will lead us, and they Mm -hmm. did this weekend as well. Mm -hmm. Um, But we've got some other kids coming who I think are going to jump onto the scene. Janara Flowers was hurt last year. She was Mm -hmm. a transfer from uh, Indiana State and Mm -hmm. and, uh, came over. We're excited about what she brings to the table, but last year she had a back injury, which really limited her. Mm -hmm. Now she's stepping into a really different role. Uh, we've got some senior leaders with uh, Claire Rauch, uh, Mariah Rowe at point guard, off guard. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Kiara Murph, but uh, <laughs> she's the rejector in the middle, the big kid. And she broke uh, the Goshen record for blocks in a career oh. in her first game last year. So she's quite a, she's quite a force in there for us and mm-hmm. has really taken some big steps. We've got some nice kids coming up, but those are probably the kids – That'll anchor us. <laughs> Dude, we, we don't have to reveal the whole roster. No, we, I could go down and talk. You, you know secrets. I could talk to you for hours. I know, I know. That's good why talker, I, Austin. I, I, I was surprised you kept the 2016 talk to just two points. I was like, I was <laughs> waiting for to. like five things. Had to. And you had probably 500 things you could have said, but we'll keep it at two. Yeah. Uh, well, Stephanie, I'm excited to follow you guys this year. I think you, you got an interesting team. Uh, roster, like I said, it was young last couple of years, but really growing into it this year, I think you're kind of interesting. And uh yeah, you know, same thing with the men's team too. I and I, I don't ever know what to think. You know, I always look at them and like, well, maybe they're, maybe you guys will be okay this year. Like we could gauge. You know, it's hard to gauge. You know, for me, like I, I don't follow NAIA basketball all that extensively. I apologize. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to the NAIA uh, hardcore fans listening to this podcast, <coughs> and there are some. There are some. There are some of you out there. <laughs> we appreciate that. We appreciate them. Uh, but yeah, uh, good luck this season, coach. I, it's a weird way to kind of like. That really wasn't a natural segue to the end of the show, but we're gonna have that's gonna be it right there. So I think uh, Stephanie, again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking to you. Oh, and you are the longest tenured coach in terms of games coached in program history. I don't know if I mentioned that, but I have to mention that. So I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but I feel pretty proud of it. I guess <laughs> you're you you are yeah you have a that record. So a lot of records have been set under your. Uh, under your regime, and then now that's the new one. So congratulations in that sense. Um, you. you didn't want to come here for five years, and now you've been here for ten. So think about that. <laughs> How about that? You and Goshen, 15 years intertwined. Um, thank you again, Stephanie, for coming on. I appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the season. Uh, maybe I'll catch you at a game, couple games this year. Who knows? Uh, I'll try to swing on over to Gundon Gymnasium, and uh, we'll check out the Maple Leafs. So. Thanks so much. We look forward to seeing you. It's uh, just as big as that uh, Clemson-Notre Dame game. You should get over huge, and see it. Huge. Huge stakes. <laughs> huge. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys, Stephanie, for joining us. And yep. thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's edition of the Goshen News Sports Podcast. And we'll be back with a new episode next week.